And welcome to the first episode of the Twin Bill Podcast, brought to you by NYY News. I am your host, Alex Guybridge Protich, with my brother Luca alongside me. Uh, very excited to begin this journey at NYY News TV. Uh, Pete's been great to us, and the fam has been great to us, so we are excited for this opportunity. Luca, how are you feeling? How are your just general thoughts? I'm doing good. I'm really excited for this new podcast. I'm excited to talk about my team and just overall baseball in general. I'm thankful for Pete for giving us this opportunity. And as you said, the fam has been good to us. So I'm really excited to uh, kick this thing off. Yeah, me too. Me too. So obviously what we do on here, we talk about the Yankees, but we're also going to give you a baseball perspective, a little bit of an old school baseball perspective to both of us. Um, I know it, seem, it might seem like boring radio, but uh, with that being said, you know, we have an old school mindset that's more of a common sense mindset rather than just refer to the analytics and all that other crap. But um, just our opening thoughts, just an opening segment. Luca, I'm going to ask you first, what do you think the New York Yankees offseason will shape up to look like? And with that being said, how do you think it has shaped up so far, just in your general thoughts? So far, I think it's shaped up that it's been very underperforming. You look at other teams like the Mets, the Rangers have spent money. Um, those two, in my opinion, have been the main key cogs in the offseason. You know, you look at the Mets, they signed Max Scherzer. They got a big need. Now, it's going to be Jacob deGrom and Max Scherzer as the best duo out of any pitching tandem anywhere in the MLB. And Max, I don't think Garrett Cole's even second in best pitcher in New York anymore. It's Max Scherzer. Then you got Garrett Cole at three, but they also signed Starling Marte. They added a few depth pieces. The Rangers added Corey Seager. They also added Marcus Semien. So these teams are spending money. See, here's what I say about that. Also, the Yankees missed out on Robbie Ray, which I'm not, a, not happy about, to be quite honest. But I was frustrated with the Yankees not spending money. Obviously, it's about who you spend it on, correct? And I said it, please, get somebody before this lockout. And the Yankees did not do that. And we have no idea how they're going to operate coming out of the lockout. It seems like Hal doesn't want to spend too much money. It seems they don't want a $200, $300 million contract. So we'll see. But I hope they don't go cheap on us. I really don't. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, there's been several speculations that Hal is not going to sign another $300 million contract because of Aaron Judge. And yes, Aaron Judge is important to this team. I think he's the best player on this team, one of the best players on this team. He's one of my favorite players. Uh, I share that with a lot of Yankee fans. But with that being said, you have to go out and improve your team. The Yankees have a lot of money. They have a lot of things to their advantage but they're not using it there's and a lot of assets in free agency yeah and we all knew that this lockout was coming now we don't know when it's going to end they're supposed to pick up talks this month we'll see what happens i'm not going to say i don't have faith i'm not going to put any thoughts right. on it until something happens and we hear stuff from the beat reporters from the mlb but with that being said the yankees had uh, you know a couple of guys that they could have went after. You said Robbie Ray. I personally personally liked Adam Frazier, who was traded to the Padres at the deadline last year, who I wanted, and then he yeah. got traded to the Mariners for peanuts and Cracker Jack. 
So I'm thinking to myself there, okay, if the Padres for, for some reason selling Adam Frazier, then why didn't the Yankees get him? He's very versatile. He's a good hitter. And, and you know, he brings all the qualities. Another guy that Pete likes to talk about, especially is Jacob Stallings. Uh, the Yankees need a need, have a need for the catcher position. And they just act like right now running it back with Gary Sanchez is the best option when it's clearly not the best option. You know, you could say, oh, well, he provides you sparks on offense. That comes very little. And yep. the defense sucks. The defense sucks. With that being said, he, I don't think he has a heart for baseball. And I don't try to question heart in certain players. I don't. But with that being said, not running the bases, doing a lot of these other things, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. And then you have the starting pitcher thing where Garrett Cole, Corey Kluber, and late in the year, Jordan Montgomery didn't want to work with him. And I know there's that argument out there. Well, you know, who is out there to replace him? Well, the Yankees should have gotten Jacob Stallings. There may have been another catcher on the market before the lockout actually happened. Well, let me say, they can get Wilson Contreras. They can get Wilson Contreras. The Cubs aren't winning now. Rizzo's gone. Bryant's gone. Javi Baez is gone. They're they're probably going to be selling off future assets. Kyle Hendricks could be a guy that the Yankees pick up on the starting pitcher market. Right. No, I, I definitely agree with you. Wilson Contreras, I would take him. I know a lot of people like Carson Kelly. There's a lot of guys you could go after. But it's just so frustrating that overall, in the last couple of years, we've been in line and a few steps away from trading certain for from trading uh, for certain guys, and right. then we're held back because either we don't want to take too much in terms of money, which is not the case here, or we are prospect hugging. And right. I know that's going to be a little bit of a separate argument because I know a lot of people out there. Typically, older Yankee fans, I think, older age Yankee fans, and we don't think that way. I'm just going to clarify it right now. A lot of them want Volpe at shortstop, Peraza, all this other stuff. When guys like Correa and Trevor, Trevor Story are out there, and I'm not a fan of Trevor Story, but with that being said, you got to go out and get the big fish because you have the money to get the big fish. Why settle? Which, you know, a lot of Yankee fans have been coming out here and say, oh, let's get Trevor Story instead, blah, blah, blah. I'm thinking to myself, well, Yankees have the money. Yankees have the money when the lockout ends, hopefully, sometime soon. Just go out and get Correa. If you don't get Correa, I don't even know that I want Story. Personally, me, because I'm very concerned about his durability issues. And, yes, Correa has had some back issues and injuries in the past. Everybody has had injuries in the past. But Trevor's Story, I'm just concerned with him. And personally speaking, you'll probably get this a lot on this show. Even if you go back to our YouTube channel, Big Blue in the Bronx, which we do uh, podcasts weekly, taking a break a little bit till the 18th, uh, Boys and Big Apple podcast on Big Blue in the Bronx YouTube channel, we discuss all the time how Joey Gallo isn't necessarily our favorite player because the analytics are high for him. They love him. Just like that being said, the stats on the field, in my opinion, they, you know, they're not very good in, in, in they're against Joey Gallo. And as I said earlier, we have an old school mindset. So I'm not saying Joey Gallo is not valuable to this team like Trevor Story would be. But at the same time, I'm not talking analytics. I'm talking actual stats that mean something towards winning baseball games. I just don't think that those stats are in favor of Joey Gallo. And I don't think the same 
of Trevor. I will actually no, I do think the same of Trevor's story, but you know the Yankees do need to get a shortstop, and time is running out. You know, I obviously know that a lot of teams aren't conversing with players because that is due to the lockout. But with that being said, a lot of teams are going to be thinking to themselves, "Okay, we got a bid for Correa." Like I don't know some of the teams that are bidding for Correa right now. Detroit um, did. Remember, there was like a 10-year it was like 27 million per year, I remember, that he turned down a big contract, remember? Yeah, it was like 27 million million per year. It was like 270 10 years or something like that, whatever. So they could be another team that tries again, even though they signed Javi Baez. The Yankees will be a team. There was a little rumbling that the Cubs, I think, would be after him. I don't believe that because, as you said, they're not winning this year. They're winning in right. a couple of years. So that's just the way I value those two players. Uh, if you want to give your thoughts on that. I was going to say, with Adam for the trades for Adam Frazier and Jacob Stallings, it's not like they gave up really high premium prospects you know i think the, the one i read for like frazier was like the 16th and 30th prospects when it came to frazier being traded to like seattle because remember he got traded twice pittsburgh to san diego and then san diego to seattle so i don't understand why the yankees didn't do that at the deadline and also the jacob songs thing annoys me because he is a clear he might be a liability offensively face it i can deal with that honestly i can live with that but defensively, he's a mastermind behind the plate. Pitchers actually want to throw to this guy. He can frame. He's a good blocker, good defensive catcher, as I mentioned. You want that. You want that for your pitchers. You want the pitchers to rely on the catcher. You want to be reliable. Even, well, more than reliable. No, I definitely agree with you. I think it was a stat that came out the other day. And of course, I can't find it right now because that's just Twitter. But there was... It was a stat that came out in terms of analytics. And listen, I'm not a big analytics guy. I'm more of an analytics guy probably in football. But in baseball, I'm an old school guy with that type of mindset. There was a tweet the other day that came out about how Gary Sanchez was framing. I think somebody deleted it probably because they were getting too much flack for it, knowing that, you know, I the, remember, yeah, Gary Sanchez I, I homers are going to come back and say, oh, well, you know. Uh, Gary Sanchez did this, but you're a hater and you're a racist. No, absolutely not. Listen, I remember seeing that uh, specific like stat. Like they showed a bunch of clips with Gary Sanchez. Yeah, terrible. and the framing was remember, horrible. Remember the one knee approach? Well, the one knee approach was supposed to help. I can't that. stand that. I can't stand that. And listen, I'm going to say this before we go into that one knee approach. And I was actually talking somebody, talking to somebody, talking to somebody. Weird, talking to somebody about that. At a Cyclones game, I think it was the last Cyclones game I went to because we live in Brooklyn. But with that being said, I may criticize Gary Sanchez. I might call out the Gary Homers. I may call out someone else or get Joey Gallo or Trevor Story. With that being said, we root for these players to succeed. No one on this podcast roots for players to fail. I want to clarify that. It's nothing about narrative. It's not. It's nothing about Facebook posts or any of this garbage. Agenda. No agenda. Yeah. Trust me, and I will say this, and I'll refer this uh, a lot on this podcast. I've seen Giants Twitter as a New York Giants Twitter, and there's a lot of fans on there that would rather be right than actually have the New York Giants succeed because they want their own narrative and they want to be right for the clicks and the likes and all that other garbage. But with that being said, we don't root for players to fail on here. We root for Gary Sanchez to succeed. We want Joey Gallo to succeed. We just complain about them because... 
I don't think they're good players in some aspects, in some aspects. Luca will obviously share the same thing. But uh, with that being said, what was the last thing I was going to get to before I actually went on this little You said you're going to go to the one knee. The one knee. That is, I don't understand how we got here in terms of the one knee. Maybe it's injuries for catchers, something like that. And I understand the durability of catchers. It's pretty weary these days. Takes a toll on your knees. No, absolutely. But the fact that, oh, well, you know, this, this, and this, it's the Yankees' fault that they actually take part in that. And a lot of teams do it. A lot of teams don't do it. But I just don't understand. Why can't they get on the two knees? One knee makes you even lazier. What is the the argument behind that? What, that you could frame better? Is that the argument? Yeah, just like let's just say a pitcher throws a wild pitch. Like when you're on two knees, you have to like slide to your right. Now when you're on one knee, you got to reach over in the hopes that you get the ball. But that's overall, it's, a, it's a, such a lazy approach. It really is. And the Yankees are sticking with that, which is ridiculous. Well, you could thank Tanner Swanson and all the catching coaches before. And obviously, something we talked about on the Boys and Big Apple podcast, especially a lot, is that. Gary Sanchez has really fallen since Joe Girardi and Tony Pena left. Both were catchers, so and he doesn't have a real manager. He doesn't have a real coaching staff, and I still believe to this day he doesn't have a real coaching staff, minus the changes and all this other garbage that's going on. Hiring the new hitting coach, hiring the new third base coach, all this other stuff, I don't think they have a real coaching staff. I think it's a bunch of just nonsense. I think they massage his ego. That's what they do. Yeah, they massage his ego. And listen, once again, we root for players to succeed. But with that being said, we have a lot to complain about the Yankees, even when there's a lockout going on. <sighs> Let's talk about the number one need for the New York Yankees this offseason. Let's talk about the shortstop position. Okay. Obviously, some guys have already signed. I like what the Rangers did. Now, a lot of people are saying, oh, well, you know, the Texas Rangers, well. they over- Here's what they're going to say. They're going to say they overspent on Semyon. But what they don't say about Semyon is he had a fucking career year. He had a career year. Did you not see statistics? 45 home runs this season. 45 home runs with the Jays. And the A's just let him walk. They just let him walk. Because they're rebuilding or whatever the hell they're doing. No, that wasn't even that. They, they, they could have had a winning season this year. I think Marcus Semyon might have been the, uh, I thought he would have been the uh, missing piece. It's ridiculous. Well, you know, we could sit here and bitch and moan about the Rangers. Oh, they're overpaying Marcus Simeon. Oh, they're overpaying Corey Seager. Oh, they gave him two years. What are we doing? What are we doing, honestly? Look, I got the stats up here. All start for Simeon and third in MVP voting. What does that tell you? And he did something that is so rare to, in this today's age. He played all 162 games. The best ability is availability. Exactly. So I I would have liked Semyon, but... And I hate pulling this out of my ass. I really do. Yeah. But let's be real. Let's go back to 2004 for a couple of seconds. Okay. What did the Yankees do? They traded for Alex Rodriguez. And with that being said, they moved him to third base. Right. Now... Obviously, the Yankees, for some reason, want to move Matt Chapman to shortstop if they ever acquire oh, him. Well, There's that argument out there. They haven't even traded for him yet, but they want to trade. They want to trade for him. Want to put him at shortstop for some reason. I I don't understand that. 
I just don't understand that at all. But um, what was the last thing I was getting to? Because you like to interrupt me. You were talk well. You were talking about uh, maybe Semyon. You were talking about how. Oh yeah. So back into obviously, I don't know why we're ripping the Rangers. And obviously, once again, the Rangers could go out there and flat uh, fall flat on their face. It's definitely possible, right? But they're doing more than the Yankees are doing. And once again, off-season champs is one thing. We could debate about it seven days a week, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, 366 in some years. But with that being said, they got two of the best free agents on the market, and they did it before the lockout. And then wasn't somebody saying, oh, well, the Mets and the Rangers shouldn't be allowed to spend too much, something like that? I think you're speaking to um... – you know, actually, I don't remember what you're speaking to. I remember somebody saying that, but uh, I don't know. It's just ridiculous. Let the Mets spend. Let the Rangers spend. Let them do what they want. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with you. So in shortstop, obviously, we got a little away from what we want to do just for a couple of seconds explaining the scenarios and stuff. What do you want to do at shortstop? And maybe just bring up both sides of the argument because obviously we have a friend who's very much for the Volpe Peraza train. And then you have our side of the argument, which is like, go get Correa, maybe story, see what you got after that. Listen, I'll explain my whole viewpoint. First off, when we approached this problem, like earlier on, I was like a guy that says, no, 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 do not get Correa. He's a cheater. He choked in the playoffs this year, but you got, everybody's got to realize and face facts at some point, correct? And the Yankees are a win-now team. They should be playing as for they want to win the World Series. They cannot be this team that punts 2022 and says, hey, we're going to win in 2023. We're going to win, you know, years further from that. Winning years further from that is basically saying, hey, we're going to sign a stopgap in Andrelton Simmons, and then we're going to have Oswald Peraza or Anthony Volpe play shortstop or we're just going to give him the job outright. I disagree with that. I don't want to win. I mean, I do want to win in 2023, but I want to keep winning from here on now. The Yankees need to make progress, especially what the Yankees after what the Yankees organization sold their fan base. They sold their fan base that Aaron Boone's coming back and it was the players problem. Okay, then upgrade the players. It was the players. They was like, oh, it was players' fault. You know, we'll take minimal blame, but it was mostly the players. Okay, then you got to upgrade the players. But anyway, this is a win-now team. You can't really – no offense, but you, you got to move on from that stuff. You got to move on from the cheating and all that. I'll be honest. Like, I, again, I wasn't a Correa guy early on, but I like the idea more and more. He's the best option in free agency. You want to go get the best option. You want to pay him what he wants. But overall, it's just the best option because you are – he's one of the best shortstops in the MLB, in baseball, and it's not like you're punting the season overall. So love Volpe, love, love Peraza, but we're a win-now team. We're not a team that's going to, you know, start winning in two, three years. Yeah. Uh, by the way, as I'm discussing my view, if you want to pull out that ball that was actually signed by Anthony Volpe, that should be behind you. Um, that was That's actually a real thing, by the way. We went to a Hudson Valley Renegades Brooklyn Cyclones game, and uh, he was Do you know outside. what signature it is? Let me, see, let me see the baseball. Yes, we're going to do this uh, on air. That's the one. That's the one that you're facing the camera with. That's yep. the one. 
So that's, that's yes, that Volpe. is Anthony Volpe's signature with a black permanent marker. I just wanted to show that, you know, show my gratitude. But with that being said, I could sort of feel the way that people feel about Carlos Correa. Oh, he's a big mouth. He said this about Derek Jeter. He said this, that, and the other thing. He's a big talker, blah, 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 the cheating, whatever. I could get on the side of cheating. I can. But with that being said, the Yankees don't have enough options, especially at this point, the way they procrastinated this offseason so far to say, okay, well, we got to go out and get another option. No. Carlos Correa, in my opinion, is the best option on the table. And I think he's the only option on the table. Because what are you going to do? If Trevor's story is not available, if he goes to another team, which, whichever team that may be, because apparently Colorado's interested in signing him, but they don't know what the hell they're doing. Yeah. Um, you know, what are you going to do? Have Volpe and Peraza or sign Angelton Simmons? It's bull. It's bull. And they said last year it's the players, as you remarked. It's the players. It's not the coaching staff. Well, go out there and upgrade some players. We're not going to sit here and run it back with Joe Schmo with shortstop and this guy here and this guy Robert here. Torres at shortstop. Gary Sanchez a catcher. Whatever you can name it. But no, I, I know I understand very much so. And we're heading towards running it back with a few certain players. Like we'll talk about center field. We'll talk about catcher because those positions, in my opinion, are not changing. Yankees had a chance to go after Stalin Marte. They didn't. I don't care if he was overpaid. You overpay in free agency in any sport. There's no specific, oh, well, he matched the value right there. Everybody overpays. So I think that argument, unless it's a sure overpay where he's not even near the value that he was paid, well, you know what? Stop with the overpay argument. Everybody overpays in free agency. You don't like it, develop your own talent. You don't like it, tell your team to develop your own talent. That's what I say, because I'm tired of this overpay crap. Unless it's the Giants for Nate Solder or this guy and that guy, or unless it's UNS Cespedes or Jacoby Ellsbury, I'm tired of hearing the overpay argument. If you get a first three solid years out of Starling Marte as a Mets fan, I think you're happy. You don't give a shit about that fourth year that he was signed to. And they boosted their outfield. They boosted their outfield. I don't know why I said boost. They boosted their outfield. So, and they have a, a decent manager in Buck Showalter. Now, he's not necessarily, uh, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, actually. He's not necessarily, oh, well, you know, the playoff World Series manager, but he's someone who's a bridge manager, gets to the playoffs, first he's round, to the next like level. That. Right. And the problem with the Yankees is, and I see where everybody's coming from, all the Volpe, Peraza, Florial, stuff like that. Yeah, they could be contributors down the line, but the Yankees are not in a position where they should be calling up these guys and they should automatically be plug-ins because they don't have a manager who maximizes the talent. They don't have a coaching staff that maximizes the talent. So what do you have to do? You have you to have go to the free agency. Mile. What? I said you have to go the extra mile. Yeah, you have to go the extra mile. You have to go out in free agency and actually get these guys to make your team better. And one of the reasons that the Yankees underachieved last year, not just because of Aaron Boone, but because of the players they relied on. Brett Gardner, Mike Ford, Mike Talkman, all well, these guys. Ford and Talkman were really early on, but you, you're right about the uh, over-reliance. Jay Bruce. That, that, that was that, horrible. That that was a that signing was a complete uh, 
an albatross. Not the contract was an albatross, but that signing was just ridiculous. But go on, Alex. right? And they had no real plan for first base. It just didn't make sense. It didn't make sense, and that's why I urge people: Hey, think this way, not this way, because we have a manager who is incompetent, and you have to make the best of your situation, and right. you have to learn to work with tools. You have to learn to deal with certain things. The Yankees have Aaron Boone for the next three to four years. We know that already. Urge them in your viewpoints, and I'm not saying they listen to everything we say, but with that being said, I don't know if I said say, but I'm just saying they don't listen to everything we say. With that being said, though, go out there and say, okay, we want Carlos Correa. We don't care about his cheating, stuff like that. It has to be best player available. Once again, you're not in the position to go out there and, oh, Anthony Volpe or Peraza. There's no doubt that they're good players, but they're also prospects. They're also hopefuls. Where Carlos Correa, it's a proven talent. Trevor Story, the player he's been the last couple of years, it's a proven talent. Whether it's good talent, bad talent, whatever. Volpe could be a bust. Peraza could be a bust. Jason Dominguez could be a bust. I know a lot of Yankee fans want to hang on to him. Personally, I don't. If there's a trade out there for a good player, put him in the trade. Bye-bye. He's got another five, six years of developing ahead of him before he gets to the major leagues, where he can't even run the bases properly. It's a little sad, but with that being said, he's my age. He's my age. So that has to tell you something. Um, so you got any more thoughts on the shortstop aspect? And also, uh, if you want to discuss the Matt Chapman thing that we kind of discussed earlier, but once again, just like give your final thoughts on the shortstop thing. Well, I'm just going to say trading for Matt Chapman and putting him at shortstop is an abomination. But overall, we haven't got to this yet. What are we going to do with Glaber Torres? Do you want to stick him at second base? Or do you want to just trade him outright? I say we trade him outright. Now, DJ LeMahieu is coming off a season where he really struggled. But a lot of people, including myself, think that's injury-induced. Yeah. Once again, not totally an excuse, but with that being said, you have to leg out the games you can leg out for your team to try to make the playoffs, whatever the case may be. Someone brought this up, and I think it's a good point, but doesn't necessarily mean I want Glaber Torres at second base. If Carlos Correa is the shortstop, you damn well know that Glaber Torres is not going to be playing that sloppily at second base or even just overall. He's going to be running out every ball because Carlos Correa, though he's a shit talker, though he could be this, he could be that, he he's can dog. be an he's a-hole dog. that your locker room needs. He's the do- We have too many uh, quiet guys on our team. We don't have that alpha male that's going to fire up the locker room. We don't have that in our manager. We don't. I'm sorry, we don't have that in our right fielder, Aaron Judge. I love him. Best player on the team, but... He's not that alpha male that's going to fire up the team and just to get people going. He's not that guy. Right. Absolutely. Definitely agree with you there. Um, So he's going to be that guy that says to Glaber Torres, hey, get your shit together, dude. And as you said, we have a lot of quiet guys. There's not a lot of guys that stand up. So it's just a quiet clubhouse. It's like church service. But with that being said, that could be something that the Yankees look into. But once again, you have DJ LeMahieu. And if you're going to stick DJ LeMahieu at first base or third base, that's no, not a good plan. He's stick him at second base. Second. Yeah, stick him at second base. Correa at shortstop. Urshela, you could probably deal with another gear at third base. And for Labor Torres, trade him to Oakland. Trade, this is my proposition, 
trade Gleyber Torres maybe to Cleveland for Jose Ramirez. I really like Jose Ramirez. I looked at his stats. First of all, I like you him cannot as a trade him. First of all, let me just say you cannot trade him outright. You need to add stuff in that deal, Alex. No, I'm not, I'm not saying outright. I mean, this isn't no MLB The Show, Madden. My question, Alex, let me just trade. say, my question is, where are you putting Ahmed Rosario on the Indians? Well, now the Guardians. The Guardians. Well, that's a good question. I'm just saying proposition. They could figure it out. If they take Libertores, they could figure it out. We don't care what he does there. Hope he has a good career. I'm just saying in the proposition. Take Jose Ramirez, solid defender, and he's really balanced with his strikeout walk ratio. He hits for average, stuff like that. That's what the Yankees need on this team. And he's a veteran. He may not have been to you know the world's well actually no he was uh with the indians in the world series but he may not have won a world series blah 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 blah, all this other bullshit but with that being said i would like him as a player i would take him over urshela so maybe you trade urshela and torres back to the indians or you keep well now the guardians that's what we have to refer to but you keep urshela as a backup infielder now that tyler wade's gone you could keep maybe glaber torres as backup infielder i just want to get rid of torres overall because if he's not a second baseman if he's not going to be utilized there or whatever the case may be, just trade him, get what you can for him. Listen, um, regarding the third base position, I really I like Rochelle a lot. But if you if there's an available upgrade out there, I take it. You know, if the Indians say Ramirez is for sale, give us some prospects, I'm gonna go fine. We'll trade you Urshel or whoever. And how many prospects are you detail? But I don't think the Yankees are doing that. I don't think they're trying to upgrade third base, but Overall, got you got to get rid of Glaber Torres. I'm sorry, he's on the same uh, he's on the same spiral spiraling down as Gary Sanchez is. It sucks because he was such a talented young player at one point. He really was. With that being said, let's move on to first base. We've got center field catcher, and if we have time, we'll get into starting pitching and relief pitching. Maybe we save that for another episode. We'll see what happens with the time and everything like that. First base, your thoughts. Um, you have three main options, in my opinion. Anthony Rizzo, Matt Olson, or Freddie Freeman. I really, really like all three. But to me, Freddie Freeman stands out the most to me. Great defensive first baseman. Great hitter. He's personally one of my favorite players in all of baseball. He's like a guy you just can't hate. But you know what's even best, Alex? This guy's a proven winner. He won the World Series last year, performed, I think, solid in it. But... Overall, this guy is a clear winner. He's going to be the alpha male. He's going to say, say, hey, guys, we should be playing better than this, getting getting something out of the team. And having Freeman and Correa, two proven winners, would really pan out well for this team. Right, and this team needs leadership, as we said. Maybe Freeman's not the shit talker like Carlos Correa is, but he comes in here and, you know, just upgrade over that first base position plus the leadership. And... I know there's a couple of fans out there, very minority, but that want to keep Luke Voigt, whatever the case may be, all as uh, our friend put it, you know, keep him as a DH. Well, let's be real for 20 seconds. I want as much as the next person for Giancarlo Stanton to play in the outfield. That is not happening. As much as I want that to happen, the Yankees lack common sense in that area. When Giancarlo Stanton plays better, he's in the outfield. He's hitting well. He's in the outfield. And I'm not saying he doesn't hit well at DH, but he's just better when he's in the outfield. And the babying I don't get. And listen, John Stanton had a great year last year. 
probably one of his best years as a New York Yankee. Probably his with best that being said, hmm? probably his best as a Yankee with him and Judge healthy. Yeah, both were healthy for a good amount of time. With that being said, quit the babying or just don't play him at all in the outfield. And once again, the Yankees are not set up in the situation to be like, oh, well, you know, Luke Voigt, we can keep him play DH. No, Luke Voigt can go to a National League team if they get this shit resolved with the universal DH. Maybe he goes back to the Cardinals. Maybe he goes back to the Brewers or some other team, right? Maybe he goes back to the NL Central. I, I remember, Alex, I remember seeing a report that the Brewers were interested in Luke Voigt. So that's a good possibility. Maybe you get a good reliever or something. I don't know. But not so many notifications going off. Is that you? Yes. Yeah. Try closing the app if you yeah. can. But with that being said, in terms of this stand outfield, why is it, you know, interact with first base? One of our friends brought up that, oh, well, Voight, uh, you know, he should play DH. The Yankees are not putting Stanton in that position to play in the outfield. So we can't act like we can force the Yankees to go out there and play stand in the outfield. Yeah, Gallo. You have Judge, you have Hicks, that's likely returning this year, so you're not being in play for that. And if the team is interested in Luke Voigt, hell, trade Luke Voigt, bye-bye. You know, injuries, offensive struggles, defensive struggles, that's been a part of his game for the past year. And the Yankees can't be sitting here waiting for him to go back to his 2020 self where he led the Yankees, and I think he led the American League in home runs. I believe he did. Yeah, but, I think it was 14, 15 home runs, maybe more than that. You can't be waiting for that. You can't be waiting for that to happen. That's a problem that a lot of sports teams have. They wait for somebody to go back to their former self, and it never happens. I think that's what they're doing with Gary Sanchez, but that's a different scenario. That's a different story. I don't think, let me just say, I disagree with that. I, I don't think that's happening with Gary Sanchez, but I think the Yankees are thinking with Gary Sanchez, Glaber Torres, and Luke Voigt might be the same. They will succeed on another team. So they are afraid of that. Right. And just build better, though. If you think Voigt's going to succeed on another team, trade him to another team. Get Matt Olson, Freddie Freeman, like you said, a proven winner, a proven hitter. And here's one of my philosophies, if you will. Obviously, you guys, you have the guys like Joey Gallo and Matt Chapman, whatever. If you hit for average, but you strike out over 100 times a season, you're still on my nice list. If you don't hit for average and you strike out a shit ton and you don't prove anything on the field other than defense, kind of like Gallo and some other guys in that scenario, well, you're not on my nice list. You're not on my nice list. And I'm just being real. This is no fake viewpoint. You get the real shit on here. We tell you the facts. We tell you our feelings in terms of certain players. But with that being said, in terms of first base overall, to close out this argument, I'm going to give you your final thoughts before we go to center field. I would take any three of those guys. Personally, I kind of would go with Rizzo last. I mean, he's not too terrible of a hitter. But when you have a powerhouse like Matt Olson coming off an all-star year, when you have Freddie Freeman coming off of a World Series plus the leadership, I would take Freddie Freeman. And I would take Matt Olson over Rizzo. But... If those two guys are not coming to the Yankees, whether it's via trade and Freeman via free agency, just go out there, re-sign Rizzo. That's another leader, even though it was five years ago that they won a World Series in Chicago. Your final thoughts? Yeah, overall, I agree with you. My leaderboard would be Freeman, Olsen, and then Rizzo. You obviously mentioned Freeman's leadership. 
multiple-time All-Star MVP in 2020. But overall, he's just a, he has that winning pedigree, and that's what the Yankees need. They need more winners, not losers. Right. Right. Center field. It's pretty evident, in my opinion, you could probably say the same, that Aaron Hicks is returning, that the Aaron Hicks hype train is back. I don't know his stats in the Dominican League. If you want to look that up, there's actually a baseball reference page. You got to look up on Google, though, not directly on baseball reference. There's a baseball reference page where it has his Dominican League stats. I'm not buying the hype train personally. I never bought the hype train on Aaron Hicks. Obviously, we traded for him for John Ryan Murphy in 2016, it was. And he's had a few good years with the Yankees, solid. But I'm not relying on a guy, me personally, if I was the GM, owner, whatever, to come back from injury and to play well. Do you have his stats or do you not? It's it's pretty barren stats. He, he's only played 12 games. But overall, let me just say on Aaron Hicks, you know, <clears throat> he doesn't really hit. He's, he doesn't give you much on the bat with the batting. But overall, my biggest concern is his health. He's never played, I think, like next to a full season. It's injuries that have always bothered, bothered him. And he's just been a liability to me. He's just a liable liable center fielder. He's not good. He's not starting like an average starting center fielder. He's just a liability, in my opinion. And that contract's even worse. Remember, they threw him a seven-year contract worth $10 million, seven years, $70 million. That's ridiculous. It was a now, ridiculous contract from the start. I don't think it's oh, too let me, terrible. Let me just add, he's a role player. You do not sign role players to a seven-year contract, $10 million dollars per year you do not sign role players long term role players are replaceable yeah and personally i don't think that contract is that bad to get out of if you're going to trade him now there's no value there's no market for him so let me so, just say if the red sox could get out of that Mookie bets contract i think any contract can be gotten out of which yeah, is the a better center fielder yeah exactly so Obviously, there's a couple options out there, and we could give you hypotheticals, and we will give you hypotheticals, but we all know Aaron Hicks is returning. Let me ask you this before we go into our center field options. We agree on one of them, and we dis we actually agree on not getting one of them. Excuse me. But there's been some talk just amongst Yankee fans, not in the organization, of, oh, well, you know, the Yankees should play Joey Gallo in center field because he has the range. And apparently, Joey Gallo said about playing in center field that he just doesn't have fun playing in center field. That that's not his position or whatever. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Apparently, said he does not enjoy playing center field, and he told the Yankees not to play him in center field. But you know what, dude? You don't like it. Get out. Get out. You weren't tasked to. Did he play center field in Texas? He probably did. It, probably not for many I'd games. I probably have to but... look up a baseball reference see if how many games he played at each position. But come on, dude. They're asking you to do a simple task. This team traded for you. They took on, you know, your big strikeouts and whatnot. They took on your liabilityness, as I call it. Just play the goddamn position. It's not hard. Not right. hard. And be that leader in the be that leader in the outfield. And you fix wasn't you coming have, back. You have great speed too. You have awesome range and great speed. Why can't you take that to center field? I don't understand it. It's not like Joey Gallo's injury prone, where he has to worry about injuries. No. Then again, I have a habit of speaking things into his existence. So um, hopefully he does not get injured for a long period of time this upcoming season, if we have a season. 
But with that being said, yeah, Gallo has the range, and Stan doesn't have the range to play center field. Hicks, obviously, if he wasn't on the team, if he was injured, or whatever the case may be, he in center field does not have the range because he has to worry about injuries, in my opinion. And then you have Aaron Judge, who can't has, play center field, but they did that continuously record, last year, you were saying. Let me just say for the record, he has played center field in Texas. Do you know how many games? I don't know specifically how many games because baseball reference has this thing where it lists positions on a on the standard batting. It says like seven. It doesn't give you like center field, right field. It gives you, you know, the numbers, eight, seven, five, three, whatever. So I'm looking the last time it showed he played center field was 2020. I mean, come on. Yeah, it's a team sport. It's not a me sport. I'm not saying Joey Gallows, oh, well, he's a diva, this, that, anything. We're not saying that, but you have to do what's best for your team. Obviously for yourself, but what's best for your team? Going back to that argument, Joey Gallo is probably the most athletic outfielder that the New York Yankees have. Judge, he's a football player, plays right field. John Carlos Stan, he's probably another football player as well. He plays right field, left field when he's healthy, um, and especially when they put him in the outfield. Aaron Hicks, he's getting worn down. He's getting worn down. You know, this is the player he is. And he gets injured a lot. With that being said, do you really trust that for 162 games in center field? Joey Gallon in center field, Aaron Judge in right, and Giancarlo Stanton in the left seems ideal. But once again, the Yankees will stick to Gallo in left field, Hicks in center, Judge in right, and Stanton in DH, and we'll run it back next year like that. But there's been talk, and I want to ask you about this, and I know your answer already, but for the fans that don't know, obviously, thoughts on trading for Byron Buxton? Good reward, too injury-prone, in my opinion. Way too injury-prone. I don't think he's played 162 games or close to that, you know, well, in the last nobody, couple of years. Let's be honest, Alex. Nobody plays 162 games anymore. I'm not – okay. Okay, smartass. I'm not saying that. But close to 162, close to a full season, close to 130, 150, whatever the case may be. He's only played over 100 games once. Exactly. Exactly. And we have durability issues on this team already. Why are we taking in more? Great reward. With that being said, too risk of an injury. Too much risk. Seiya Suzuki, thoughts on him? Athletic, has an arm, has a bat. I'll take him. Right. But here's the issue, though. Let me just interrupt you for a second. My question is, did his postmark end? Because there's a deadline where he can. That was my question. Because the lockout is obviously in place already. We don't know what's going to end, obviously. And then when it ends, obviously, free agency will continue. But will Japan post continue to post Seiya Suzuki after the lockout? My question. But I would really like him. He just adds an athletic ability that the Yankees don't have right now. Now, are there any other options out there that you would be off the chains with? You could consider probably like trading for a guy like Ian Happ. I'm not too crazy about him, but I'm not either. I think, I think it's an an upgrade. But overall, just looking at these center field options here in free agency, not a lot, not a lot. Right. So you missed on Marte and Frazier. Frazier who I think can play center field. We're not talking about Clint Frazier. We're talking about Adam Frazier, of course. So with that being said, you have to stick with Hicks or put Gallo in center and, you know, do what's best as possible or whatever the case may be. But 
Right now, we're looking at another season of Aaron Hicks, which we'll see how that plays out. I don't want to be right. Don't want to be right. Um, with that being said, let's move on to our final two positions, two topics. You got pitcher. Overall, we'll discuss it. But first, we'll go into catcher. Luca, your thoughts. To me, the Yankees have really sold out this position. I really thought the Yankees should have grabbed JT Ralmuto last year. He's clearly the best catcher in the market. And the Yankees stalled on that. I don't think they even offered him money. I don't know if they did. But they stuck with Gary Sanchez for too long, and now they're going to pay for it. Because, you know, everybody's, as you said, everybody's like, um, you know, there's no upgrades out there. Who's who's the real upgrade for Gary Sanchez out there? You want to go get Wilson Contreras? I think he's the best option out there. There's no realistic better option, in my opinion. Maybe Carson Kelly, as you mentioned. But overall... The Yankees kind of soiled themselves with the catcher position. I mean, let's be honest. You try, let's just say you trade Gary Sanchez. Do you really want to be that team? Do you want to be that team in which you sign like a guy like Wilson Ramos for a year just to prepare Austin Wells or a guy like Anthony Gomez? Do you want to be that team? I don't think you do. No, I definitely agree with you. And someone said this. I forget who did, but, you know, if I find out, I'll give them credit. There is a lack of offensive catchers in this league. There is a lack of offensive catchers in this league. Gary Sanchez, I think, finished with a two-something average last year, probably under 220, something like that, whatever the average may be. He had offensive sparks at times. He had that real streak in June. But with that being said, the defense isn't good. The defense is not good. The effort is not good. So if you trade him to a National League team, and this is not going to happen, of course, because the Yankees are homers themselves, as I refer them to. But with that being said, if you trade him to a National League team, he only plays DH, and you only have to worry about the hitting. Maybe another team focuses on his effort. Maybe, maybe not. I don't think so, because the way managers work these days, they're not disciplinarians. They're robots or just player friends, if anything like that. But honestly, if you get a catcher like Contreras, maybe he's not the greatest hitter in the world. But with that being said, if you have a Freeman, if you have a Carlos Correa, if you have an Aaron Judge, and you still have Aaron Judge, by the way, if you have DJ LeMahieu, you don't need your catcher to be over the top offensively. You just need him to be decent, solid, below average, whatever the case may be. You just need them to be good on defense because if your pitchers can throw to him and he could be solid defensively, your other problems are going to be blanketed. And it's going to be so evident if the Yankees end up doing what we want them to do, which is probably not going to happen. But other than other options on the market, I mean, I don't think there are too many. Obviously, you brought up Carson Kelly. We've been talking about Wilson Contreras a little bit. There's not too many. There is not too many. There's a scarce amount of catchers. And they had Jacob Stallings. They could have traded for Jacob Stallings, but God knows that the Yankees either didn't want Jacob Stallings or they didn't want to give up prospects. And then one of the other options was Tucker Barnard. I think he's in Detroit, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? Yeah, I, yep, I believe he is in Detroit. So there's that, but... We'll see what happens. Hopefully, we are wrong about Gary Sanchez next year. But once again, we'll see what happens. So, final subject, starting pitching, relief pitching, your general thoughts on that. 
both we could combine it into one segment as the closing segment. I know a lot of Yankee fans have been harping on this, like our friend Sean has, but some Yankee fans out there do believe that, you know, keep the same core from last year. Remember, it was Cole. Here's how it looks right now. It's Cole. It's Severino. It's Tyone. He's obviously going to be missing the first month, I believe, if I'm correct. Cole, Severino, Tyone, Montgomery, and Cortez. Now, Cortez, I honestly don't believe he's a long-term starter. So the Yankees could get, in my opinion, a number two guy or a number five guy. But personally, I believe in a number two guy that the Yankees should get in free agency. I'll tell you why. Severino's coming in off, off an injury. And do you really, really honestly believe he's going to be, I don't know, that durable to be behind Garrett Cole constantly? I don't believe that. And once again, best things for Seve. He's good when he's healthy. With that being said, though, the Yankees are in a tough position in terms of starting pitching. And even if Jamison Tyon was healthy, are you really depending on Luis Severino again to do that stuff? So likely, in my opinion, this is the way I see things. If we have a proper spring training, which we probably won't until, you know, God knows when. And I think the lockout will end when it starts affecting real games. But that's going to be another discussion on another episode. With that being said, though, if everything in a magical world was to go smoothly, but Tyone would still be out with the surgery, recovering from it, whatever, I think they would still have Nestor Cortez at the five or put in Domingo Herman at the five, whatever the case may be. And that's a short term answer. Domingo Herman, I feel he did decent out of the bullpen last year. Same thing with Sebi. Nestor Cortez, the memes, all that stuff is funny, very corny. But when it comes to on the field, he's not a long-term answer at the starting p- pitching spot. So that's when you have to factor things in. Are you going to go on free agency or are you going to go trade for one? Now, a lot of people are bringing up, oh, well, when the Yankees trade for Matt Olson, they should trade for a guy like Sean Manaya. Now, I do like that idea. But what I've been talking about And this would be very much, I guess, out of the eye because Oakland would probably not give that up too easily. And the Yankees would be like, oh, we're prospect hugging. Chris Bassett, who who is Oakland's number one. Oakland's number one is Chris Bassett. I would love Chris Bassett as a number two, one-two punch with Garrett Cole, right-handed one-two punch with Garrett Cole in New York. Then you would have Ty on Montgomery and do whatever the hell you want at the five. But also in free agency, what you get is Carlos Rodon. Yes, he may cost some money, as anyone else would in the free agent market. I think he's a good pitcher. I personally would like Carlos Rodon. I think he would be a good one-two punch because I think he's that good of a pitcher. He had an ERA below three this year, actually. Let me take a look. I had the page open for Carlos Rodon. Let me take a look real quickly. Carlos Rodon, this past season... 13-5, 2.37 ERA. He was an all-star and fifth in Cy Young voting. Total of 185 strikeouts, which is a career high for him. So, obviously, he's a good pitcher. Has been the last year. And I would take chances on him. I would take a chance on him. Take a chance on Chris Bassett, Sean Manaya, if you can't get Bassett from Oakland. But just overall, in the starting aspect of things, I don't think Nestor Cortez is a long-term answer. You can't keep depending on the durability of Luis Severino after you signed him with this huge contract, and he really hasn't lived up to it thus far, though he had a good couple of innings last year. Domingo Herman is not 
the f- full long-term answer and then tie in obviously with the surgery. So your only two starters that are set right now are Garrett Cole and Jordan Montgomery. Is that correct? Think about it. Yes. But Severino's obviously going to be a starter, but you don't know where he's going to be in the rotation. That's the issue, as you mentioned. Right. And the durability. It's one of the main issues. Final part of the pitching thing, then we'll close out. Um, relief pitchers. Obviously, in an ideal world, we would be able to get rid of the bad relief pitchers on our team. And obviously, a bullpen wasn't necessarily the problem last year. There were parts of the problem that relayed back to the bullpen, but it wasn't a total issue. You had guys like Nestor Cortez when he was in the bullpen doing their job, Domingo Herman, Jonathan Loizaga. Yeah, he came out of nowhere. Are you convinced, and I know your answer already, just like before, but for you to tell the fans out there, are you convinced with the last few game streak of Aroldis Chapman, are you willing to run it back with him in an ideal world? Nada. Nope. Trade him, send him where else. He's on his final year of his contract, just trade him somewhere. I would say trade him to a win-now team if they're willing to take that on. Now, obviously, once again, in an ideal world, that would be making sense. Right now, it doesn't make sense because I don't know a team that's taking on an $18 million contract. But he's been too inconsistent at times. And if you could go to a guy, a proven guy like Jonathan Loisga for that closer position, go to him. Make him that guy. Personally, just as some side thoughts, I would be up for trading Chad Green to another team because I'm not necessarily a fan of Chad Green. I think the analytics like him. Personally, he was way too inconsistent last year. Way too inconsistent. He got better as the season went on, but sometimes you can't just do it all in the end. It's a, it's also how you start. And I know there's the saying, oh, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. But the Yankees started out really badly, which made them only a wild card team and not a division team because of all the crap that happened. We could say that for 24 hours a day, but we're not going to because, well, we've probably already been over an hour but with that being said, I would tra- I would trade Green. They said that they preferred him over Sessa. I personally think that um, I personally think that the analysts agreed with him. That's why they kept Chad Green. But I, I just I don't think he's getting paid that much. Trade him. Trade him for somebody. Trade him for prospects. Whatever you can do, and rely as I would be against for the shortstop thing. Rely on one of your young guns, Luis Heel. Davey Garcia, I'm not necessarily keen on all the way. Luis Hale, sign Joe Kelly. I really like Joe Kelly. Clay Holmes, look at what he was last year. Jolie Rodriguez was decent. I think he had a 2-1 record with the Yankees or something like that. He was a real decent relief pitcher. So there are some young guys, and there are some guys that we thought were reclamation projects that actually turned out to be good. So, yeah. My three get rid of guys in that bullpen would be Chapman, would be Britton, would be Chad Green. And that's well, Britain, replaceable. Should, realistically, Britton you can release because he's going to be out for the year, remember? Exactly. Like Tommy John. So, so it's only two. Only two you can really like realistically trade, but I don't think the Yankees are doing that, but we'll see. Yeah. So roll this Chapman once again. They're really not going to trade him realistically. We would like that to happen, but obviously it's not going to happen. But in an ideal situation, Jonathan Weisico goes there and replace Chad Green. 
how would you describe him as middle relief, whatever setup, whatever? How would you describe him? Respects to the wise guy, I'm saying he. No, might I'm be. talking Chad Green. Chad Green, I say he's middle reliever. Okay, so maybe transition one of your setup guys to middle relief. And I know you can't do this very easily, but sign Joe Kelly. It makes it a lot easier. That's my opinion. You don't have to go out there and spend $200 million and all this bullshit money on free agent relief pitchers, but I really like Joe Kelly. And I think he's a fighter too. Obviously, remember the 2018 brawl with Tyler Austin. Remember the shit with Carlos Correa last year? Oh, God. Oh, my God. Luke, I just thought of something. Imagine them two on the same team. Oh, my God. That's not happening. That is, if it happened, I would make a lot of bets, and I would, I don't know. I don't know, but them two on the same team. Would Crazy be, scenario to think about. Would be very, very epic, and it would be really interesting because you have the Yankees, then you have the Dodgers who were cheated out of in 2017, then you have perpetrator, Carlos Correa. Any final thoughts on the relief position, and then we'll close out. Not really too many thoughts, but, you know, the Yankees will have to make some moves to better their bullpen. Definitely agree there. I'll give you the stage for your final thoughts, just overall podcast, all that stuff. Overall, I thought this was a good podcast. We talked about the Yankees offseason, you know, plans and all that. And um, I'm just excited for this journey to continue. Hopefully, we have more to talk about next podcast, next episode. But I'm very excited for what this, what this could be. Yeah. Um, if you guys haven't already, please subscribe to the NYY News TV channel. Give it a like, comment, all that other stuff. Even if we disagree with you or you disagree with us, whatever the case may be, please. We want to hear your thoughts down below. Um, I don't do self-promotions a lot. I try to avoid it, but please subscribe to my YouTube channel. Luke obviously appears on it so, uh, you know, when he can. Obviously, Boys and Big Apple podcast, but uh, subscribe to the Big Blue in the Bronx YouTube channel. Talk Yankees, talk a lot of sports, uh, Giants mainly as well, even though they've been crap as of late. But, um, you know, with that being said, we appreciate you guys, even though we've only done truly one episode with you guys. And we're just appreciative of this journey. Thank you for being a part of the NYY News TV family. Peace out, guys. See you later. Stay cool. Go Yankees. See ya. Before it hits the